Breaker one-nighter on the interwebs. Get your ears on for the fitness skills podcast from Gold Medal Bodies. And we're going to teach you how to get strong by practicing skills you actually care about and want to learn and how to have fun in the process. I'm Andy Fawcett. I'm not only the founder of the GMB Posse, but I am also a client. And here with me is the hero of the GMB Epic Saga, Ryan Hurst, our program director and head coach. Ryan, are you ready to drop the hammer on today's podcast? (laughs) Ready to smash it. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, So uh, for everyone listening here, I just you can probably tell already from our banter that we're in a destructive mood today. So so, uh, you know, watch out. Watch out. We might we might be a little more aggressive than usual. (laughs) I want to warn you in advance. (laughs) <laughs> uh, some of the some of the knowledge bombs are going to be aggressively dropping on you today. Uh, <laughs> will include um, uh, some talk about good form and what it really means because we talk about this a lot. Our, our mantra is to make it pretty when we're talking about uh, a movement skills, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what specifically that means and how you can know if your form is good or not. And we're also going to tell you a little bit about our uh, GMB Alpha Posse, which is our secret ninja society, oftentimes shrouded in mystery, especially as of late. We haven't mentioned it much, but we're going to be mentioning a lot more in uh, coming weeks and months, and so we want you to know a little bit about it. But first, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's been going on. Ryan, what's new with you, my friend? What's new with me? Um, actually, yesterday I posted on my page up there about the Paralympics, and I posted a link for the top ten moments from the 2012, or the part of me, the 2012 Paralympics, and something that just jumped out at me. Um, besides the fact that all these athletes are absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. was one guy, and he's an archer. And the coolest thing about this is that he is armless. The dude is doing archery without arms, which is just absolutely amazing. And not only that, he won the silver medal. And um, just it just goes to show you that, you know, you put your mind to it, you can pretty much do anything you want. And uh, if you have a chance, check out, you know, the uh, I actually got this off of Outside, Outside Magazine Online. They've got it up there, top 10 moments from the 2000. Cool. I know uh, Outside 20- is one of your favorite magazines. Yeah, it's great. I love that magazine. The 2012 Paralympics. Check it out. And check out uh, Matthew Stutzman is his name. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. Pretty Very impressive cool. Stuff. Very. That's a very impressive, actually. Excellent. Yeah. Um, cool. So some of the other stuff that's been happening lately. Uh, oh, Jarlo is uh, going to want us to say thank you to Steve Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, if you don't know who Steve is, he is, uh, I believe, in Spokane, Washington, and uh, trains people in the fine art of uh, body movements, especially focusing on a lot of hand balancing kinds of things. And he had a workshop recently. Our GMB trainer, Daniel, went to his workshop not too long ago, and Jarlo was at the one last weekend and said he learned a lot and had a really good time, and that Steve is a great guy uh, and really just dedicated to, to training people right. And uh, so that's awesome to hear and hopefully we'll be hearing more of jarlo regaling us with uh what he's learned in yeah. uh, the next couple of weeks so i would love to train with steve that's one guy that just i think is incredible and um well it's awesome because there's so many people that are just full of hot air and he yeah. actually yeah. doesn't seem 
to believe his own BS. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, And so I also just mentioned Daniel briefly. Uh, I want to say if you are in uh, California, especially in the Bay Area, you should definitely be working with Daniel Spencer. He's awesome. And uh, recently, the Chrome Fit uh, Gym has opened up in San Jose, and Daniel is teaching GMB classes there, I believe, three days a week. And it's something that you... Yeah. You need to be checking out. Daniel has uh, been posting a lot more videos lately. He's uh, he recently got, uh, I believe, a 15 second long handstand on parallettes uh, that he posted recently. He's just making really good progress uh, with not only his own training but also with training others. And so, if you have the chance to train with Daniel, uh, you should be seeking him out. Get in touch with us if you don't know how to get in touch with him. Uh, because it's it's definitely going to be worth it, your, your time. Absolutely. That's all I have to say with that. Daniel's great, great guy. His practice is really coming along. And as you mentioned, both um, his workouts and improving in his own uh, GMB stuff, but also in helping others get better. Yeah. And, and Daniel, I mean, we should say he's also, he's just a very enthusiastic guy. And he came to the very first uh, public GMB uh, seminar that you taught and he's he's been uh just really uh he's like a sponge he soaks up any chance to practice that he can uh and it's really amazing cool and so speaking of practice uh this uh this article that uh, has kind of made the rounds a little bit, but I thought it was really good, and a few of our Alpha Posse members shared it with us uh, on practice uh, that was posted on Lifehacker recently. Uh, it, it's kind of apropos to us because it actually kind of ties in with Jarlow's recent article for the performance menu as well, uh, and that is talking about um, how you can practice too much um, – <laughs> To actually make progress and that not so much the time that you practice, uh, but the, the kind of awareness you have uh, and mindfulness of practice is, uh, is very important. So we're going to post a link to that article. Uh, even if you already read it or skimmed it or if you've read the talent code or uh, any of the books that, that came out recently, if, you, if you've read about the 10,000 hour rule and any of these, any of these theories that have, have been kind of thrown around a lot lately, then you should probably check this out too because it's really, really interesting and definitely, uh, definitely struck a chord with, with my own experience and I think also yours too, Ryan, with, you know, yeah. with practicing you know, all kinds of different things, music, martial arts, gymnastics uh, throughout your life. Yeah, it's, it's great. And like Andy said, even if you have seen some of the other stuff out there, I would definitely go back and read through this article again, um, you know, even as just a refresher course. Um, yeah. it, it's really good. There's also some stuff in there that makes you think and can, you know, help bring you back into your own workouts or, you know, if you're a musician with your own practice out there to help you refocus. So, yeah, really enjoy that article. Yeah. And so let me just kind of put you on the spot, actually, for for just a second. Um, so you, you even wrote an article on the GMB blog about a similar topic to not too long ago, maybe a couple of months ago. So maybe if you have like quick and dirty, like top two tips for for mindful practice to get the most out of your training. And, sure. and, we, and yeah. you know, this could be probably applied to anything, but let's just, you know, let's make it specific and make it for, you know, physical skills. Sure. Um, 
big thing for me is focus. And um, what I mean by that is a couple things. And the first thing is goal. So always go into your practice and have a goal for that day. So let's say maybe um, you want to work on the planche or something like that. That's your end goal. But what do you have to focus on today in order to get you closer to your big goal? Right, because you can't finish that day's workout doing a planche. And keeping your session short. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is not wearing yourself out so that you can't perform anything else. Um, So focus. Focus on that one thing that's going to help you in order to get you closer to the big goal. So that's that's the one thing. Um, the other thing I would focus on is basically, for me, is it's a little different than what they talked about in the article, but I think it does help. And um, I think in the article they're saying, um, was it don't trust your memory? I think that was one of them that mm-hmm. he said. And what I like to think about that is I videotape myself. And the reason for this is, Even though you go into your practice and you might feel what's going on and you might be focusing on what you're doing, um, it's still good to know exactly what you're doing so that you can go back and analyze your practice. And so uh, something for me is if I'm working on a new trick or something, I always videotape myself. And, And this is the way, for example, where you can work smarter rather than just harder because by understanding exactly what you're doing I don't want to say incorrectly, but where you can shore up your form, that's a smarter way of working so that you don't just um, have to work harder and harder and harder in order to get that. So those are kind of my big two things is uh, focus on what you're doing, have a plan for that day, and then also make sure that you're doing it correctly so that you can work smarter. Very cool. And yeah, and that's also uh, like with the video, it can kind of be a double-edged sword too. You see people that, you know, they always they get addicted to practicing in a mirror sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we always say this with our videos too, is that we don't want people to practice watching the video. You should watch the video and then practice. And when you practice, you should be trying to kind of, uh, feel the movement from, from the inside, from your own internal perspective. Um, Yes, very good point. Very, very good point. Yeah, and, but you and need to compare like it. Said, people can start, you know, relying on that mirror, mm-hmm. and and without the mirror, uh, stuff starts to break down. And so this can go for, for example, when you're in the gym, not just when we're working on GMB oriented tricks or things like that, deadlifts, um, barbell squats. You got to get the feel for it. Um, sure, it's nice to look at yourself in the mirror, maybe flex your muscles, but. Um, you got to be able to understand what's going on internally so that you can perform it, not necessarily externally, but do it properly. Guy touched base with me not too long ago named Soul, and he said that he's been you know, following GMB for a little bit and uh, like some of the things we did. And he introduced me to his site uh, that he runs with a few people, and I had never seen it before. And I feel bad about this because it's great, and so I want to share it with everybody listening to this. It's called examine.com, uh, and what examine.com has is uh, a lot of information on supplements. And if you've listened to us before, you know that we are not huge believers in using a ton of supplements, uh, but we, we definitely do use supplements. Um, and it's not only supplements, but they're, they're trying to um, examine a lot of 
a lot of research on health and fitness. And our last podcast, it's actually kind of funny. You know, we called it evidence schmevidence um, that we don't necessarily believe that evidence based is the end all be all. But uh, there is a lot of good research, and it's you know. I think for trainers especially, you should be paying attention to it. But especially with so many, uh, so many what, promises made by the supplement industry, some of the information on various supplements on examine.com is very, very good. And uh, they have probably the very best um, information and synopsis of uh, creatine that I've ever seen in my life. It's just amazing. And I've, I've read some very, very long articles on creatine before. And Ryan, I know your father also has uh, opinions on creatine. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, when way, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but when I told my dad I was going to start using creatine, he said, oh, that's great. It will help your thumbnails. And I was kind of like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, Ever since I was born, I've had really messed up thumbnails and uh, very brittle and um, not fun to have. And in the winter, my thumbnails would always hurt because they're so thin and brittle. But anyway, started taking creatine and my thumbnails are just absolutely fine now. And it was just funny that here my dad was like, yeah, take creatine, not for your muscles, but for your thumbnails. So, hey, it worked for me. It helped me. Um just an interesting side note there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but creatine is probably the most researched supplement uh, in history. Uh, there's there's even been more exhaustive research done on it than there has been on protein. Uh, so you should definitely check out, uh, and we'll post a link to that uh, on this podcast, but it, it's very, very interesting. And there's answers uh, regarding a lot of other kinds of supplement questions. So if, if you're considering taking a supplement, I recommend that you go check that out. And uh, it's a totally free resource and, and just really well backed up with science there. So uh, what do you say we get into some questions, Ryan? Sounds great. All right. I like that. Cool. Cool. So here's the first one. Um, what should we be doing on rest days? And sort of in context, um, in our GMB programs, we, we tend to divide up the week into certain days that are work days and active recovery or rest days. Uh, I think most good training programs, you know, don't have you working hard seven days a week. Um, you know, they schedule in some rest days in there. And so we, we try to tell people not to do too much on your rest days because we think rest is very important. So, you know, what should people do on rest days, Ryan? Yeah, this is a huge question. I mean, big question that we get a lot. And it can be confusing um, looking at rest. And um, depending on your level of fitness, this is going to be different for every person. Now, for example, um, you know, Andy wrote this before, but this is a this is not a bed rest day where we're saying that you should stay in bed and sleep all day long, <laughs> unless, of course, that's what you need. And so, um, basically, what we're saying, if on your day off, um, let's say it's a Sunday or something like that, and you want to go out and play a game of pickup basketball or something like that, by all means, do it. Um, a rest day. Depending on your goal, of course, um, a rest day doesn't mean that you can't do something. So, yeah, if you want to take a walk, want to play with your kids or whatnot. Now, there are days when it's good to not do any activity. And 
for example, if you're overworked. But generally, most people are not overworked. And so um, we also need to think about what are you working out for? If, if you're doing this exercise because you want to be able to enjoy your other activities in your life, well, then, you know, get out there and do your activities. Um, however, if you're performing, um, let's say, something like uh, Parallettes 2 that you know, just came out today, actually, um, or you're working on Rings 1 or something like that, on your rest day, if you go to the gym, and want to do a heavy set of squats or deadlifts or something like that, I just think you're crazy because um, it's not keeping in with the goal of the rings program or the parallettes. Um, however, that being said, if your goal is to have better squats, then yeah, go to your squats. But look at what your goal is. That's what I'm trying to say. Look at your goal and focus on the goal. And on those rest days, if you want to go out, you know, have fun, uh, do something else. By all means, do it, but just don't overdo it to the point where you're not able to go back and perform your workout the next day, if that's what your main goal is. Yeah. So I don't know if I was really clear there, actually. It kind of got a little jumbled up, but but um, it just all comes down to your goals. And um, I'm just going to say this one more time. If your goal is to focus on on getting the flow for rings one, don't go into the gym and do heavy squats because really it's not going to help you with rings. Yeah. And I mean, by any logic at all, uh, you know, look at the people who recommend squats. They're recommending squats as the main exercise. So if you're asking if you can do squats on your rest day, well, no squats are not a rest day extra kind of on the side exercise. If you're doing them right, you know, squats should be one. uh, They should be the or one of the three main components around which the rest of your program is built. If you're really going to focus on squats. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And all the reason mentioned squat is because we get that actually, you know, you know, we get that question, you know, can I, can I go into the gym and do squats on my day off? (laughs) Yeah, you can, but you know, what's, what is it for? So, um, but then again, for example, in my case on Sunday, I don't do anything. I, I mean, I'll play with the kids, and that's the family day. And I, I don't think about exercising. I might go out and run around the park with my kids, but I don't consider that exercise. So, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, and the squats is, is kind of a natural thing, especially with rings, because uh, – you know, rings tend to mostly work the upper body, and so I think some people they have the logic like, "Well, I'm going to work, I'm going to work rings three days a week," and since squats are the opposite end of the body, sure, sure, sure. I'm going to work squats three days a week too. And I can see why you know you would think that, but seriously, if you squat, if you do a good squat workout, the next day you don't have a lot of energy left. <laughs> You know, and it's the same thing. If you do a good ring workout, the next day you don't have a lot of energy. Yeah, so yeah, if you really want to do rings and you want to do squats, that's fine. But I would not suggest trying to think that you can do you know the full schedule of like three days of rings and three days of squats. You're gonna have to back off. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do like you know two days of rings and one of squats and then the next do next week do two days of squats and one of rings or something like that. But you're not gonna be able to get six days a week of heavy work. Yeah. Um, cool. So on that note, uh, 
Uh, how long should training sessions last in general? I know this depends on you know training program and, and goals and stuff, but you know. I, I, there, there used to be all these bodybuilding programs that it looked like it would take you like three and a half hours to do, yeah. and yeah. and now of course the people the pendulum swings the other way, right? And everyone in this day and age, it's amazing. We live in the most convenient time <laughs> since the dawn of man. Yet nobody has any damn time at all. Yeah. Everyone's so busy. I'm so busy. You know what? My grandfather had to walk 28 <laughs> miles to work. <laughs> yeah, you know how are you busy? You don't have to walk half a day to get to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta agree. And um, personally, if you can't set aside an hour a day to focus on something that's going to improve your life, then you need to reevaluate your life. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know we're all busy, but if if exercise and wanting to be healthy and working on this stuff is a priority in your life, then I think an hour is not that long. I'm not saying that your your training session should last an hour. And sometimes you can get in there and get it done very quickly, very quickly. You know, like 20 minutes, bam, you're done. Um, that can happen. But I think giving yourself an hour to, you know, go in there, uh, get in the right state of mind to get ready for your training, um, Turn it off all your, turn off your phone, turn off the TV. You know, I use, I listen to music, so of course I got my music on. But you know, be focused on your train, and you know, you can get it done quite quickly. But for me, an hour a day, I don't think is too long. Actually, I think that's excellent advice. Um, You know, and it kind of runs counter to you know what a lot of people might do is you know they'll set a time that they want to start working out, and they'll try. You'll, they'll go and they'll do their workout and they'll see, you know, how how long it takes and how much time is left, right? Yeah. You know, how fast was I able to do it? And you know, oh look at I have I have some bonus time. But contrary to that, maybe it's better to just go on and say, you know, regardless of what's on my schedule today, I'm setting aside one hour, and I'm going to spend one hour focused on my health, right? And you set yeah. aside that time and you start and like you said, you kind of block it off and you you turn off the rest of the world. You get in your zone and, you know, you you warm up. You don't warm up for like 45 minutes or anything. You don't have to <laughs> foam roll, you know, every minor muscle in your jaw or whatever. Uh, you don't have to mobilize every joint for 10 repetitions each direction or anything. That's ridiculous. That's not necessary. But... Uh, you know, you warm up and you really focus and you do the best session you can and you go on and give yourself the freedom to take up that entire hour rather than trying to, like, get it in and get it done as fast yeah, as you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's it, you awesome. You know, with me, that's my time. That's That's not the time where someone else is going to be there with me asking questions or I'm training someone or my kids are going to be you know, jumping on top of me wanting to do something. That time is my time. And, and just like you said, if you can set aside that time and not just try and squeeze a workout in, um, you know, I hear so many people say that, you know, I'm going to go squeeze a workout in. This morning, you know, I did a quick workout, but it's because I had some extra time. And I actually, I, won't, I wouldn't even call it a workout. All I did was I took Bree, my dog, we went to the park, and I threw the ball, 
and I ran after her while she was chasing the ball. And so basically I was doing sprints, but, you know, because I had some time. So it's, wasn't a, it wasn't that I was squeezing time in. It's that um, it's like just, you had I, extra time and you decided to have some fun with it. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so then, of course, I do have the times where it's set. And so every single day, of course, is my job. And so I've got a block of time where it's scheduled. And I go and I work out. My wife knows that during that time, um, no phone calls. Of course, she never calls me anyway. But, but you know, <laughs> I don't have my iPhone with me. You know, I listen to my music and I do my workout and that's it. And it's great. This, it's not, for me, it's not just a workout. It's, it's a way for me to actually, you know, I don't, a lot of people hear this and go, ooh, but it's my meditation time. It's my moving meditation time. That's how I look at it. And it helps keep me pretty chill recently. Now, I want to ask you seriously, though, because I've heard this uh, from a friend of mine. I mean, does that make hair grow in your palms? It does. And it, it's, I hear it's, all that meditation can make you go blind yeah. if you do it too often. <laughs> all right, good. No, I think that's really that's really great, and it's it kind of runs contrary to the way a lot of people look at it. But uh, you know, that's probably for the best because I think a lot of people don't look at things in the best way. So that's really good. Um, so I mean, going back to the question of how long should my training sessions last? I mean, it really depends on you and how much time you you can set aside for yourself Uh, obviously like ryan for you it's your job so it's easier for you to set aside this time not everyone's going to be able to set aside an hour seven days a week sure uh luckily we don't program our uh our programs that way we don't schedule them that way um you know so we're definitely not assuming that everyone can do that but take what time you can and if you estimate your workout's going to be 20 minutes don't assume that it's a 20 minute chunk of time give yourself 30 minutes if you can you know uh block out that time and and let yourself you know kind of enjoy your your workout time don't don't just try to enjoy what are you talking about this is a workout we should be killing us oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i i take that back your workout is serious and during that time you should be battling with your weak self uh and destroying um I don't even know. I can't even fake like I think that way. I don't. All right. Um, make it fun, everybody. Make it yeah, fun. Definitely and, make it fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. So let's let's move on. And I, I have a couple of things that I, I wanted to talk about. Um, and the number the number one that I really wanted to to get you to kind of go into a little bit uh, is this thing about what is good form uh, because it's one of those things that it. A lot of times the answer turns into one of those uh, those the, the old argument from the Supreme Court being uh, about pornography being I, I can't define pornography, but I know what it is when I see it. <laughs> and that's what a lot of coaches seem to say about good form. I can't tell you what good form is, but I can tell you when you're doing it wrong. Well, that, you know, it's kind of a cop out. And there's got to be a little more than that. You know, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about what what constitutes good form kind of in general. Well, just point your toes. If you point your toes, it's good form. So we're we're done. We're in in the conversation. Is that awesome. what you wanted? Yeah. We have a very clear uh, distinguishing factor for good form now. Excellent. <laughs> Moving on. Point your toes. Um, yeah, this is this is a big one. Um, 
Depends on what you're doing it for, of course, and I know people hate that answer, but um, <laughs> form. Let's give an example of form to kind of help um, kind of help get an image of what we're talking about. If you're just trying to blow through a movement uh, in order to get repetitions. Um, Say a muscle up, for instance. Muscle up. That's a good one right there, okay? You can fake the muscle up, and I'm just going to come straight out the there and up. say it. Um, way back in the day when I was doing gymnastics, um, there was a particular kind of chin-up or muscle-up that were called cheats. And the reason they were called cheats is because everyone said, well, you know, that's just cheating. And what I'm talking about is the kipping chin-up and the kipping muscle-up, okay? A lot of people are going to get pissed off that I'm going to say this. You know what? I don't care. The reason why is this. Um... When we talk about good form when performing something like the muscle-up, what we're talking about is being strict. And strict means that there's no loosey-goosey. That's a proper scientific term, by the way. There's no loosey-goosey. You're making sure that you're using your body in a way that's going to make you stronger for later um, when you start getting into more advanced movements. So, for example, let's take the the first part of the muscle-up, which is the chin-up. Um, for this, you got to make sure that your body's working together. So um, uh, the chin-up in regards to the muscle-up, what are the things that we need to focus on is making sure that you start um, with your whole body tense. Make sure it's tight, Okay. Um, getting deeper, you can say, okay, a little bit of a hollow body position, but I'm not going to go into that just yet. Um, pulling the shoulders down, making sure that the elbows are staying um, relatively inside of your body, not letting them go out as if you're doing a pull-up, and pulling as high as you can while keeping your body straight. Okay, That would be an example of a strict pull-up. And so just for comparison's sake, and to show why kipping would be considered cheating in this case, you, you're, you're doing this movement in a specific way and not just randomly swinging. That's exactly right. right? So this is why the kip is doing it from a dead hang form. is what we're talking yeah. about with, with no swing at all. And basically trying to take your body up into the rings with a straight, as straight as possible. No swing, no arched back, no bent legs, um, keeping your legs from opening up as if you're going to ride a horse or something, you know? Um, no legs akimbo here. So why would we do this? Why do we want to do this? Well, it all comes back to what I said earlier, and that is progressions. If you cheat, for example, perform a kipping muscle up, that's great. You can probably crank them out. That's wonderful, okay? And if you really need to crank out 30 muscle-ups that quickly, then, um, yeah, kip. By all means, do it. However, if you really want to focus on getting stronger, and maybe you want to be able to do more kipping muscle-ups, okay, then what I would suggest is focusing on strict muscle-ups and focusing on that good form, of course, Again, you know, you can come back to what is good form and the goal of that. But looking at this, what I'm getting at is the more you focus on this good form, the strict muscle-ups, the harder they're going to be. However, 
because of fo- because you're focusing on that good form and because you're working on getting stronger, you're going to be able to increase the number that you'll uh, the number of kipping pull ups or pardon me kipping muscle ups that you'll be able to perform later. Now it doesn't work the opposite way. The more kipping muscle ups you do, is not going to help you with the strict muscle up. Okay, why? It all comes down to that form. What we're talking about form. The body, um, I like to say, um, tighter is lighter. But then again, you can't fake it when you're performing the kipping muscle-ups. But why would you want to do that? Just to do more more muscle-ups? Yes. If, for example, you're in CrossFit, do it. But we want to be able to keep good form so that when we start advancing to more, when we start progressing towards more advanced movements, we will have the proper strength to be able to perform those safely and more efficiently. And that's what it comes down to, is being able to perform movements more efficiently and basically not killing ourselves while we're performing them. But I want to ask you this, Ryan, because now I can do 573 kipping muscle-ups. Awesome. But So I'm really worried about when I start doing, you know, what you call good form, um, you know, I'm going to look like a pansy. Sure, you are. You know, my I'm I'm going to be doing 570 less muscle ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And and you will look like a pansy in that group, in that particular arena. However, um, I'm going to throw a guarantee out there. Okay. I guarantee you, if you focus on the good form and going back and work on your strict muscle-ups, no swing, working on make, keeping your body tight, working on being able to pull harder, slower, being able to do them slower, when you go back, you'll be able to perform a lot more kipping muscle-ups. And hey, Double your money-back guarantee. There you go. And, and I'll say it right now. We've got we've got a person going through the GMB trainer course uh, who comes from a CrossFit background, and um, it was very difficult for this person in the beginning to do exactly what you said, and that is to go back and work on the strict muscle up. Because hey, I've been able to do kipping muscle ups, you know, crank them out. Why can't I do a single strict muscle up? Well, it's because you've been focused on something that's different. And back where I'm from, we call that cheating. So, you know, it it can be a very humbling experience, but you'll be better for it in the long run. Very cool. Very cool. That's what I think. All right. So quick checklist uh, that I've been mentally compiling as you spoke here for good form. Uh, Well, Uh one thing that you didn't mention, uh, but I I think is important, is that good form will never – uh, will never injure you. Yeah, and that's that's something too. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you if you feel like you're putting, uh, if you feel sharp pains, you are not using good form. If you feel like you're putting your joints in danger, uh, you're you're not using good form. Um, other things, good form means that you are under control. You're you are in control of your movement. Uh, if you're not in control, you're not using good form. Um, and it also means that you're moving efficiently in a way that makes you uh, that is going to make you better for your overall uh, outcome goal. 
It, Sounds good to me. Is, is that pretty accurate, you think, That's Ryan? That's pretty much on the money right there. Man, I am good. You're good. I am You're good. good. You are good. I am good. Your form, I'm, I'm, your form is wonderful. So that's good form. And so let me ask you this. What if good form really is just too damn hard? Yeah. Well, then you're going to have to take it down. You know, you can always take something down a level. And um, you've got to start somewhere. And this is something that we've talked about in previous podcasts. And that's you got to create that good foundation. And if you don't have a solid foundation that's built upon proper form, then you're, the house is going to come crumbling down later. So if you can't, if you're trying to do something and you're like, I just can't do it, I just can't do it, well, take it down a step or, or two or three or whatever you need to do. You know, don't let the egos, you know, get in your way. Yeah. And kind of be specific. What do you mean by take it down a step? What are we taking down? Okay, we're actually simplifying the movement. And so uh, to give an example, let's say that uh, – oh, this is a great example. Just what I was talking about, the uh, person going through the GMB trainer thing, um, able to do muscle-up, kipping muscle-ups, um, had this person uh, bring it down so that instead of doing the muscle-ups, we looked at the not the transition but the actual uh, components of it. So we've got a pull-up. We've got the actual – transition between the pull-up and the dip and then we've got the dip and so had this person go back and focus on their chin-ups well wouldn't you know the only thing that they'd been working on were kipping pull-ups so they weren't able to perform an actual pull-up so what did we do okay we're going to focus on jumping up with a tight body and lowering ourselves as slow as possible uh sometimes called reverse chin-ups um but anyway that is one way where we could Simplify the movement in order to um, focus on good form. So, uh, you know, if you're out there and you can't perform a proper pull-up, then start working on simplifying it by jumping up, making sure you have the good form, and lowering yourself. And then you can gradually start by jumping halfway up and pulling from the halfway point up to the top and then lowering yourself. So that's what I mean by... Uh, simplifying the movement. Yeah. So if you if you cannot perform an exercise with good form, uh, you know, simply put, you should be performing an easier version of that exercise. All right. Very cool. Um, so on that note as well, uh, we've just released our second level two program uh, in the GMB curriculum. We released Rings Two earlier in the summer, and we just came out with Parallettes Two. Um, so speaking of, you know good form and if you can or can't do specific variations how can somebody know if they're ready for level two for example is it necessary uh you know for 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 parallels two for example is parallels one absolutely a prerequisite or uh are some people going to be able to jump into level two without having done the level one uh, how can you know yeah some people will be able to jump right into parallels two um, just on that note, though, we do have, of course, the prep phase uh, where it's about a month long and it will take you through uh, what you need to get or what you need to do in order to get ready to actually start P2. Now, it all comes again down back to form. And so if you're trying to jump ahead and do something that's too difficult, 
you know, you might have the strength for it. Well, actually, you wouldn't have the strength for it if you don't have the form. And so um, it, it comes back to the form. And so, for example, everyone wants to get the planche. Talk about the planche again. If you just jump up there and, and try to do a straddle planche and, you know, arch your back or, you know, let your hip sag or, or whatnot, it's... I, what am I trying to say? I don't want to say it's it's sad or anything like that, but you're just missing out on really being strong. And so how do you know if you're ready? Well, you start at the very beginning with the most basic movement and you try it out. And, you know, not to say if you think it's easy, you can do it. But if you're at a point where you're feeling challenged, but, you know, you're still a little comfortable with it, then you're probably good to go. So if you've never done parallettes before, if you have trouble doing push-ups, then P2 is probably not for you right now. I would suggest starting off with P1. But if you do have a solid foundation of um, pressing strength and something like that, you can start. With that being said, P2 is different um, because this is not the pressing strength that you might be used to if you only focus on push-ups and bench press. You might have the strength to be able to do that. However, um, P2, what it's going to do is teach you how to create straight arm strength as well and how to go from the straight arm to the bent arm and the bent arm to the straight arm transitions more efficiently. If you have the pressing strength, you know, that's what P1 really develops is that, that bent arm pressing strength. And if you feel like you have plenty of that, then you might not need P1. You yeah, know? Exactly. and so you'll need to start with P two, and that's where you'll develop the straight arm strength. But if you don't have a lot of pressing strength, then P one would definitely be a, a useful place to start because you'll build that up, and you definitely do need that as well. Um, there are components, of course, um, that where P one would would help you. Uh, for example, in P one, we focus on the bent arm stand, uh, gradually working up to that. If if you can't really do a bent arm stand, we've got that in the prep phase. Um, and for those of you who don't know where a bent arm stand, it's basically it looks like a handstand, but your arms are bent. Pretty simple, yeah. Um, that that's a good indicator of whether or not you're ready for P two or not. I believe we're going to wrap it up in just a couple seconds, but I also want to just take a couple minutes and, and talk about alpha posse. Um, so Ryan really briefly, uh, what, what is alpha posse? A group of awesome people wanting to be more awesomer. Yeah. It right. More awesomer, more awesomer. Uh, yeah. Uh, And we do have some really, really, really great people in alpha posse. Yeah, it's it's uh, with Alpha Posse. It's it's our it's our online community, and um, you know you get on there. Um, give you each month. We've got uh, tutorials. We've actually got two main things that we do, and one of the things is in the very beginning of the month, we always give out a challenge. And so, for example, this month's challenge is on breathing. Sounds kind of silly maybe but it's actually focusing on a breathing pattern we do things like for example um a new movement let's say uh, uh working on being able to get the bent arm stand in one month and then in the middle of the month we give out a tutorial and 
actually, this month's tutorial, Jarlo is doing it. Pretty excited for that. And I don't want to say too much because we haven't put it out there yet. want to make it special for the Alpha Posse. But uh, each month we focus on something new. And... Um, yeah, so there's at least two brand, completely brand new kind of uh, yeah. you know, tutorials uh, or a tutorial and a, and a new challenge every month. And these are completely exclusive to Alpha Posse. We, we never, uh, we've never released any of them publicly, actually. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. Yeah. In about a year and a half now, we've never released any of them. So we, we already have a backlog of, you know, uh, almost 20 of each of these um, that are only available to people in Alpha Posse. Um, and they have improved over the year. I yeah, think. and we've, we've, we've been getting better and better at them uh, as well. Uh, and also, of course, you know, Alpha Posse members get access to our special Alpha Posse forum uh, where, you know, we discuss all kinds of different things and uh you know people can can post their workouts there and one of the really cool things that we do is we have completely uh you know free and open uh anytime you like um video reviews uh for anyone in alpha posse so anyone in alpha posse can always upload a video of of anything and have us check it out and give them some advice uh which is uh it's pretty pretty valuable in its own right I've got to say, too, once again, the members, the Alpha Posse, just a group of really great people and um, a lot of energy on there, a lot of great positive energy going on there. Uh, another thing, too, it's not just for guys. We've got a group of ladies on there, too, that is just just crushing it, doing some great work, and uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, imagine that from us, having fun. Crazy, huh? Alpha Posse is really cool, and so we wanted to tell you a little bit about it, uh, and, and mostly just to, to kind of mention that we've got just amazing people in there, and uh, when we do open up Alpha Posse for registrations, usually we're not trying to just fill it up. We're always yes. trying to attract great people. All right. So with that said, um, we're going to wrap up this podcast. And I want to say thank you for listening uh, to our self-indulgent yapping. <laughs> um, I hope that you got some value out of this. Uh, and if you did, we'd really appreciate it if you go to iTunes and you know leave us a review and a five-star rating. You know, a four-star rating is all right, too. We'll settle for four if, if you think that's necessary. But we really prefer five because, hey, hell, we think we're worth it, you know. Uh, leave us a review there. And, you know, maybe even tell a friend or two. Uh, that really helps us get found and helps GMB and it helps us uh, keep doing this and uh, answering your questions and, and trying to make a better and better podcast uh, every time. So nice. we really appreciate that. I'm going to put you on the spot real quickly. Um, SAT word of the day. Go. SAT word of the day is um, 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 disingenuous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you were probably planning to put me on the spot all along. But then you faked uh, right. like you were just doing it at the end there. And then yeah, my friend was disingenuous. You know, last time you gave us a couple great SAT words, and uh, we can't we can't leave without hearing at least one. Oh, so, so this is now a tradition? My day is complete. To, I have to give you my a $5 word every time? <laughs> all right. 
Cool. Well, that All wraps right. everything up for today. Uh, please rate the show. Uh, please get in touch. We're always here to answer your questions. Uh, thank you very much for being part of the posse. Take care. Laters.